This is the first one in our exciting series of Your Pets Are Trying To Tell You Something. This is such an important series for anyone lucky enough to share their life with an animal of any kind. We're doing this series to help raise awareness on the importance of nutrition and wellness for animals and to provide practical natural solutions for pet parents and lovers so we can all help our furry friends live happier and healthier lives. Everything we discuss can equally be applied to us humans and all other species. Our animals have so much to teach us, so let's enjoy thriving and learning together. So my special guest in the podcast today, um, two of my friends I've been working for for quite a while, Dr. Medical Vet Tima Tastahar. Timo is a veterinarian who's a doctoral degree in equine cardiology, has worked extensively in equine and pet food and supplement production, and is a specialist in animal physiology and movement. He's got a broad experience in rehab and nanomedicine for horses and pets. Dr. Tastadar is also involved in pet food formulation and consultation for various companies. He's well known for his ability to break down complicated scientific data and concepts and explain them to the general public. He prefers natural solutions as much as possible and prioritizes long-term functional solutions to short-term results with rather drastic unwanted side effects. I have been personally working with um, Timo or Dr. Tastada for several years now, and our approach is so complementary. Now, my other friend that's joining us today is Lance Shuttler. Lance graduated from the University of Iowa with a bachelor's degree in health science and is now the CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition, a unique holistic nutrition company. He's also a contributing health and wellness writer at the Epoch Times. His work includes the topic of regenerative agriculture, something that I'm so passionate about, resource-based economies and quantum technologies. So in this first episode, we recorded this live and it's your pets are trying to tell you something really important. And today we focus on the skin. So in today's live show, as part of your pets are trying to tell you something series, we welcome Dr. Tima Tastada and Lance Shuttler. The main topic of the discussion is structured around the importance of noticing the warning signs that your pets may be showing you and how we can have a greater relationship and understanding of our animals, which will in turn allow us to support or treat problems before they develop into something more serious. We also cover a variety of questions asked by the listeners. Um, As I said, this show was recorded live and those topics cover such things as allergies, environment and arthritis. Everything we learn about our animals' health and well-being is equally applicable to ourselves. Animals have so much to teach us. As always, all the links that you need to know are in the podcast description. So sit back, enjoy, and healthy animals, healthy, happy humans. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the subject today, how are you doing, Lance? Excellent, Catherine. Thank you very much. Um, As we were talking about prior to, I'm really looking forward to this. And I really believe that as we continue to do this, it's going to gain a lot of traction and and momentum with people. And, uh, you know, people are going to share this widely because 
you know, like the last conversation that we had was so amazing and so mind blowing. And I know all three of us learned so much from each other. And, you know, that to me is a really good indicator of not only good synergy amongst us, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all open to new information and we're all bringing new information to the table that is, you know, just not, not heard of often. And we can really help a lot of people and of course, help the animals with this too. Yeah. Timo, how are you doing? Good. Um, I have some renovation projects of small old uh, furniture and it's pain in the butt, but it's fun. <laughs> well, I'm having my kitchen done and um, I've had no water or oven or anything for a week. And they've just told me I'm not going to have it for the weekend either, but I'm still smiling. Thank goodness for all the healthy stuff I've got. So today we are starting off a new series and I am so, so excited about this. It was something I touched on on a talk that I did with um, Solutions with Aquarius Rising Africa this morning because our bodies, whether they're from our animals or from ourselves, are always giving us clues. And of course, you know, by the time a physical symptom manifests itself and shows it to ourselves, particularly when we're looking at our animals who can't necessarily talk to us and tell us the early warning signs. By the time we see the physical symptom, it's often quite well advanced. So one of the things we're going to be talking about today, and we really welcome, how lovely to see everyone in the chat. What we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be looking at what sort of signs our animals might be giving us that their mind or bodies or both normally are going out of balance We'll be bringing in the link because obviously everything we're talking about for our animals equally applies to us humans. And then we'll be giving some solutions about it and also hopefully answering any questions you've got along the way. Um, so this is really, really important, isn't it, both of you? Because our animals are constantly trying to communicate with, with us. Um, but sometimes as humans, we can miss those really important signs, can't we, Timo? Yeah, and uh, most of the communication is also uh, subconscious. That means we we don't know what they try to tell us, but they also don't know what they're telling us because it happens subconsciously. And uh, therefore, it's um, it's very important to watch out every day, each day, to the small changes, um, behavioral changes, physical changes, postural changes, and uh, especially everything that includes basic drives. So for instance, sexual drive is behind or hunting drive dropped or playing drive dropped or they seem to not to come close or they seem to be too cuddly and everything that is out of character. It's important to watch out for these small clues each and every day. Yeah, it really is. And, and this is why we encourage, and back on the Vibrant Animal Team playlist, you will see one of the videos that Timo and I did a little, quite a long few months ago on how to check your dog. But it's so important, isn't it, to really get to know what is normal behaviour for any of the animals in your yeah. care. Um, not only what's normal behaviour, but what should be good physically. Because unfortunately, in today's age where... We're so politically correct. We're not allowed to say anyone or anything's fat. We're not allowed to make any comments or derogatory no. comments. Sometimes it can be really, really important and people can miss those, those signs. And particularly 
if it's your own animal and you're seeing that animal every day, you're not necessarily going to notice problems creeping up on you. So do you think a good place to start, Timo, would be for, because obviously everything in the body is linked, and today we're particularly talking about the skin. Can you talk us through some of the things that, say, take a typical dog or cat, that people should be checking and keeping an eye on physically, and then we can talk about the behaviour? Yeah, so what do we check? First of all, um, you have to be really, really uh, honest with yourself and about yourself and your pets, also including horses. Mm. So first, you have to accept the truth. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they big? Are they small? Are they tough? Are they weak? Are they sensitive? Are they ruthless? Are they uh, bad boys, a-holes? Are they very nice? You know, you, you have to accept the way they are to see changes first. So is your pet is not a wish list. So the pet is who it is. You know, it, it is. And you have to accept this. And once you accept it, then the changes are very, very easy to pick. Um, and before we go to the physical part, I, I want to urge people to look at the typical behavioral, not behavioral, characteristics, let's say, because behavior is more your thing Catherine, but the characteristics is like how your dog or cat or horse behaves normally towards you and towards others. I'm not talking about being tired, being down. I'm talking about what is the interaction level normally and what changed. And that is really hard to see from day to day, but um, sometimes uh, some people would claim that their dog is a couch potato and I'm asking since when? Oh, yeah. he, was, he was far happier like six months ago. So, yeah, so your dog is normally not a couch potato then. So it was moving, right? Yeah, every day we would work two hours. And what happened? Yeah, I'm working from home. So you, you are the couch potato now, not your dog. So yeah. you just steal away your dog's movement pattern, right? So this is what I try to say. It's you have to be honest with yourself and look at the dog, your cat, your horse, whoever, Um and see what patterns changed and what they are linked to. Because they don't change by themselves. There's always an impulse to change them. And the second thing is, of course, looking at them physically. So uh, for that, you have to cuddle them, touch them if they let you. If they don't let you, that's already a really bad sign. <laughs> so yeah. there's something wrong for a very long time, possibly. And, um, and find out heat patterns, Ears, nose, dry nose, eyes, leaky eyes, leaky nose. Um, posture is super important. And we will come to the um, hormonal balance later. That's a very a bit deeper level. So, and of course, you have to see how they really physically explode or not. Because let's face it, most of the pets are carnivores, hunters. So they are more explosive animals. They have enormous potential energy in their muscles. And if they're always uh, very, how do you say it, slow and not explosive at all, then something is amiss or they are too old, one of the two. So you have to find out what's the reason behind it. And then, of course, watch for the skin and the, the coat. And both tells you a lot of stories. Yeah. So, but before we go deeper, I would like to know as, yeah, as a typical um, biologist and therapist and, and specialist in, in animal behavior also, 
what do you see? And you, you are also um, cat and dog mama for a very long time. So what are the typical signs for you that they show when something is really wrong or starting yeah. to get wrong? Yeah, fantastic. So obviously I work with all species and I think you've covered some really important points there. So the first thing is, is to really tune in with your animals and really notice because the most times when people contact me, they're like, oh, I'm sure it's nothing but. And the fact that it's even come to their consciousness in the first place, they know deep down there's something not right. But sometimes as as their parent, as their animal parent, it can be really difficult for you to accept that because some people don't want to know if there's something wrong. So what I tend to find, which is really quite sad, and I will be coming to the questions, by the way. Thank you for putting your questions. We'll come to those in a minute. Is the fact is there's a lot of people, bearing in mind our animals, doesn't matter what species this is, whether it's a guinea pig, a horse, a cat, a dog, a goldfish, they are completely dependent on you most of them for every decision that you're taking they're dependent on what you feed them so whether they're getting adequate nutrition they're depending on when you feed them how much and what type of exercise you get they um who they're allowed to interact with how much they're left on their own in the day what chemicals are pumped in and on them so the thing is they have got to trust you and if it's a bit like you know if your husband doesn't notice that you're feeling really upset it's not good is it <laughs> You all know that, husbands. So the thing is, as a pet parent, it's really important you notice those subtle signs because if you don't notice it, either the physical signs or the behavioural signs are going to get much more extreme. And most people don't take action until the problem is very well developed. So by the time your dog is showing you that there's a skin issue, and obviously skin is one of the largest organs in the body, it's a reflection of what's going on inside the body. Yes, there can be some external parasites, but generally speaking, it's a reflection of what's going on inside the body and also inside the mind, because we all know a lot of people and a lot of animals express their stress through the skin. So the main thing I would like to say is take action early without beating yourself up at all. So if you notice there's a problem thank yourself for noticing the problem, your animal searching will, and then take action because the longer you leave it, the more difficult it is to correct those imbalances. Yeah, and one of the very good actions I would like to say is go to a vet instead of uh, asking important and deep questions on uh, YouTube as a comment because if something is really wrong, then uh, it needs a hands-on approach and people cannot help you really from far, far away. So if something is really bad, take your dog, cat, pet, whoever, uh, as soon as possible to the nearest veterinarian trust. Yeah, it's really important because there's some comments I get a lot below all my videos, not even just the animal ones, where people are saying really serious health conditions with their animal. And it's not appropriate to be asking questions like that in a YouTube comment. So I do respond to the emails and I had responded to the chap above many times but the problems are so serious. So I do offer consults and I offer consults that help get animals back in balance from using a whole load of things and how to keep them there. So how to work out the root cause of the problem. But as Timo said, if if your animal's got a current health issue, you need to go and see a vet. And then once we have a diagnosis, then if you're looking for natural alternatives, I can really help you with that. So we've got a question here, a really, really, really common one from Monique. Thank you for asking this, um, Monique. 
Um, so she's got a dog that she's rehomed, that she's taken on, um, which is allergic to a lot of food and is now on allergenic kibble. She eats certain plant leaves. She's no clue what she's missing, thinking of using probiotics. Any allergy is a sign that the body is out of balance. So personally, I don't recommend probiotics at all because probiotics that are approved for veterinary use contain only a very narrow strain of bacteria. And by using them, you're pushing, you can push the microbiome out of balance just as, just as much by introducing a few narrow strains of probiotics as you can from um, not using them in the first place. Now, sometimes they're brilliant to use for a couple of days, but not on an ongoing basis, in my opinion. Now, what are the worst possible thing that the dog could be on is an allergenic kibble because that's going to be very highly processed and not be giving your dog the nutrients. So it's like sticking a, a sticky plaster over it. And sometimes that's important whilst you work out and heal the root cause. So what I would be recommending, Monique, is using um, some of the algae oil that we're going to come on to because this is absolutely crucial in a situation like this. And Lance will be explaining sort of why and Timo. But also I would be looking at um, removing some toxins from the dog's body as well because the toxins will massively affect the ability of your dog's microbiome to work properly, will probably be causing leaky gut, which is a classic precursor to um, allergies showing up and if you don't remove those toxins then you you're going to be playing catch up so i would recommend a combination of things i mean i use the roots clean slate you can find the links under the video and i'm sure andrew who's more efficient than i am will put it in there um the astea is brilliant for allergies so you're welcome to contact me about both these products and lance your algae oil is going to be crucial for this isn't it yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with the algae oil, um, because it's going to elicit effects that we might call uh, anti-inflammatory or to help support a, a healthy inflammatory response, um, it's going to do a lot of different things. Now, we'll get deeper into it as it relates to the brain and nervous system and, and you know, inflammation in general. But as you talked about, Catherine, you know, with allergies, it's clear that there's something going on in the body that's not right. Uh, it's not not working the way that it should. And so if we can give an animal or, or a human, but in this case an animal, uh, a fat that their physiology needs, like literally needs, then what we can do is we can start to tip the balance from uh, pro-inflammation to anti-inflammation. Okay, And so when, once we're doing that, then a lot of things will shift in the body. And Timo's talked about this, and maybe you can go a little bit deeper into this. What it's going to do, one of the things, is that it's going to help uh, turn on genes, a lot of different genes in the body, that help to elicit beneficial effects on a broad spectrum of different systems in the body. So it's going to help support cardiovascular health. It's going to help support skin health, like we've talked about, the brain and nervous system, and then, of course, you know, the pain and, and inflammation aspect, but going a little bit deeper with it, you know, because these omega threes for animals are so uh, crucial, uh, when we give the body something that it truly, truly needs at a fundamental level, you are going to start tipping the scales to a place where it's supporting health in a, in a more beneficial way. So the way that I like to look at it is if you can think of, you know, these omegas or these fats in the bodies. Um, they're so fundamental that 
if we're not getting it, things start tipping out of balance. But when we start giving it in a good dosages for the respective animals, then we start to balance those scales. And it basically helps to uh, create more polarity in the body uh, in a way where there's more electricity is going to be uh, conductive in the body. And it's going to then just help life flow better. And so there's a lot of more specific things. Like it's going to help mitochondrial health. It's going to help the cells because uh, this DHA and, you know, a little bit of the EPA, it's needed to help the cellular membranes stay fluid and flexible and for them to be able to move and, and communicate and allow uh, nutrients in and, you know, uh, prevent certain toxins from getting in. So, you know, again, it's like at a root fundamental level of what DHA and, and these omega-3s do for pets and, of course, for humans. Um and so it's, it's just one of those things where if we can address the root uh, from a nutritional standpoint, then we really can influence so many different genes in the body and then so many different systems in the body for the animal. Brilliant. Great. Uh, Monique also adds, I also think there was a lot of stress involved to mm. her message. So, of course, this is a dog that changed its home. I understand that. Uh, and uh, most of the dogs eat the same food most of their life in the same flavor and the same type. And when they have a leaky gut uh, or even not a leaky gut, they might create a lot of a lot of allergies to this type of protein source, especially if it's uh, incorporated with highly processed uh, starches. So uh, what happens, though, is although this is not, how do you say, not very common, um, if you drop those uh, proteins for a very long time and then rebalance the body with natural food, some of those allergies just disappear. But some of these allergies are genetically, uh, how do you say it, imprinted, and uh, they will always manifest. For instance, 28% of everyone in the world is allergic to soy protein if it's raw. So you cannot change it. It has nothing to do with healthy or unhealthy lifestyle. It's a genetic thing. But um, a lot of allergies that dogs develop are not genetic. They are mostly to certain type of proteins and certain type of starches and combination of things. And, uh, and leaky gut, I must say, is one of the most known uh, causes for it. Because then big chunks of original uh, protein, animal protein, leaks into the blood, but it shouldn't because it has to be digested beforehand. But high starch in the um, food makes it impossible for your for the stomach to break down all the proteins properly. So big chunks of original protein, animal, foreign protein, leaks into the um, digestive tract and the blood and the bloodstream. So there is an immune reaction to this alien protein, and then it's imprinted in the daily life. So every time this alien protein comes into play then the body reacts to it, shows signs of inflammation, redness, itching, and the skin is screaming, this is an alien. We don't want to have this here. And this is what your pet's trying to tell you with getting red and itchy and, and unhappy. The skin is communicating to the brain of the dog. This is not right. Drop it. But because they cannot decide, we feed them. We have to understand it and we have to drop it as you do right now. The problem is, Monique, um, if you have um, anti-allergic food, they are mostly hydrolyzed protein. It's highly 
highly processed protein that doesn't resemble anything anymore. And that might be a short-term solution, but on the long-term, that's definitely not the right solution. So what you have to do is you have to experiment around, find a protein source, raw or very mildly cooked as we have it on our dog and cat feeding courses. Follow the course, try to find out which protein you can use for a while and go from there, bring back the balance, add algae oil and try to realign the immune reactions to the daily life. Yeah, it's difficult for you because that's what's normally recommended. So Andrea, who is brilliant, thank you so much, Andrea, for putting the links. Below this video and also in the comments, you will find the link to the dog and cat nutrition course that Timo and I have done. It's really easy to follow. It's very comprehensive. You've got recipes in there. You've got do's and don'ts. And we are just, as we speak, making an extra module to go in there about bones and about the algae oil. Because when Timo and I wrote the course, we didn't have access to the algae oil. So you'll get those free modules and anyone who's got the course automatically gets the updates for free. Um, so we've got a question here from Sherry, um, which we can all dip into. Arthritis in her dog's hip and a small growth on the lower eyelid. Now, obviously, we can't diagnose anything over here, but we've got some suggestions for that. Do, do you want to start with that one, Timo? Yes. Uh, well, if the hip has arthritis, uh, that's a typical sign of one of the two things. One, um, the nutrition is totally out of whack. And two, the movement is out of whack. So I don't know how old this dog is, and uh, but that's typical. The growth on the uh, lower eyelid is to- totally the vet has to check. This is we can say nothing about it. But yeah. Yeah, arthritis is a typical sign of uh, imbalance in nutrients and uh, and the movement patterns. So I would recommend have a look at our dog nutrition course. It's very 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 cost effective. Really really tells you everything you need to know. Definitely, again, the algal will help. The link to that is below because for all the reasons, there's the whether the condition presents itself as skin conditions or arthritis, the root causes are generally the same. Toxicity, lack of proper nutrients to allow the body to heal, um, and, um, and, and therefore inappropriate inflammation. Now, obviously, with arthritis, as Timo said, there could actually be a structural imbalance. And with dogs, it's very, very common because of leads, of harnesses, of pulling in the wrong areas. So I would find a really good McTimony chiropractor and get your dog checked out by that as well. Yeah, also, um, most of us don't think about it, but dogs have to climb slippery, for them, mm-hmm. of course, slippery chairs, stairs, and yeah, very slippery surfaces, especially wooden surfaces and stone surfaces. And, and, and so that means most of the time we don't think about those things, but dogs have to overcome a lot of small obstacles because they are not made to our own, for our own environment. We have shoes for that and they don't. So, Yeah. Okay, great. So um, the flea and tick, it's really a sort of separate issue, but avoid the harmful chemicals at all costs. Only use them when you absolutely have to, as in when all else has failed. Um, and really, the thing is, the options available in each country are very, very different. So, um, you know, there's there's herbs that you can add to their feed that can be very, very effective. Again, 
I would definitely add the algae oil because that will help bring in a normal inflammatory response and heal at a cellular level and so make them. I've noticed my two Romanian dogs on the sofa behind, um, they're on a really good diet, but they still react really badly to insect bites and fleas. And we're on sand, so there's a lot of fleas around. Um, and I've noticed a big improvement in their skin since I've started them on the algae oil. So have a look um, in, I would, you know, literally internet search for that in terms of natural flea and tick prevention, because the options available to you would be very different depending on what country you're in. The one thing I would say, even if it says natural, read the ingredients list carefully. And if necessary, do an internet search on those, because a lot of things say natural and then they've got some quite nasty chemicals in. Um Cats, you have to be really, really careful. What I use for my cats is a combination of DE, diatomaceous earth, green clay and neem powder. And I mix it together in a powder and then I apply that every couple of days and rub it into their skin because you have to be very careful for applying any essential oils to cats. So we've got this is a really classic one and ties in a lot, guys, to what we've just talked about. So Nicole has got two Chihuahua uh, Jack Russell mixes, good health. Um, they quit eating any kibble, sensible dogs. But the boy pup has started chewing his paws. That's a real sign of, of skin issues. But skin, paw chewing and ear issues are all the links. So yep. really the same advice as we gave the first person, isn't it, Timo and Lance? Yeah. Exactly the same, Nicole. You need to look at the diet because even though you've prepared your food, make sure it's balanced. So you'll learn everything you need to know in our dog course. Definitely add in the algae oil because there's an, uh, an issue there. And you might, if that doesn't resolve it, need to look at some toxin removal with something like the clean slate. We've got some great questions here. Thank you so much, everyone, for asking all your questions. My little dog gets free-range chicken and steaks for his diet. He won't eat the good mix I got for him. What other nutrients? I mean, it's a bit long to explain, isn't it, Timo? Yeah, so first of all, I can tell you immediately, silica, vitamin D, uh, vitamin A, uh, calcium, they're all missing right now because the free-range chicken doesn't have it and the steak doesn't have it either. So... um, I would recommend just check the course. I mean, of course, it's annoying for us to tell you check the course, but it's so deep uh, and so much inside. It's impossible just to tell you all of it right now. It would take two hours. And we have some PDFs there that's also helpful. So dogs need 3% of their diet as fiber. So you have to somehow make it happen. If not, the gut bacteria will totally tip to unfavorable ones over time. And you will have problems with it. And um, But yeah, check the course. And you will also find, if you go onto my YouTube channel, click on the playlist button at the top and you'll find one which says animals. Timo and I, over the last year, have done a lot of videos on proteins for dogs, carbohydrates, fats, a lot of free information there. And we've also done quite a few videos, both myself and Lance separately and the three of us together. So if you also look at the videos with Lance in, where we go into in a lot more detail than we can do today, exactly how the algae oil really helps with all these issues, because it really heals at a cellular level for every area of the body that that needs it. So um, I'm so sorry to hear this, Farhat. That's very, very sad and really hard for you to go through. I mean, obviously, cancer is a huge, huge topic, and there's lots of um, 
root causes of it. But have you got any comments on this, Timo? Yeah, I, I would like to, of course, explain how cancer happens right now, but that would take very long time. I just want to say that uh, bone cancer is not uncommon and it happens to dogs a lot because most of the dogs are eating uh, stuff with a lot of growth factors in them and growth factors are very good to, for growth, but they're also very good for the cancer growth. They're pushing the cancer growth and highly processed food is also uh, pushing it forward, especially sugars and high starches high starched foods are pushing cancer growth immensely. Um, so what I would say for the cancer, it's something we will probably cover more in a future series. The thing is, when you realise that everything is linked to toxicity, are you getting the right species appropriate condition without all the nasties in it as well? Um, then how that manifests in the individual person on an animal depends on their own individual constitutional strengths and weaknesses. So the same root cause factors will manifest themselves in a lot of these different diseases that you're seeing. So this is why we really, really stress the nutrition. And Timo and I, that course is, I'm not just saying it because we did it, it's so comprehensive but easy to understand. So in terms of sort of moving forward, one of the key nutrients, Timo, do you want to start by just reiterating to people why the deficiency in some of the essential oils is so, so common at the moment in dogs and cats and, and all animals? All right. So first of all, processed food um, has to be mostly kibble, uh, has to be heated to a certain level to function or to form. And, and that's the temperature where most of the fats already um, get oxidated and totally destroyed. And omega-3 fatty acids are destroyed so easily with high temperature that most of the time your dogs and cats do not get enough essential fatty acids at all. Like they are getting it, but in a form that they cannot use it anymore, not functional anymore. And on top of that, they are also getting extremely um, processed animal fat, which is highly toxic in the intestinal tract. So they are getting fats they cannot process. And through that, they're also not getting the fats that would protect them against the effects of the fats they are getting. Does it make sense? It's just, it's a, it's a ridiculous statement, but that's, that's true. So um, that's why it's so important because structurally they need those fatty acids. They are essential. And uh, they also need them to function and protect themselves against uh, external uh, threats, health threats. But if we destroy them all the time before we feed them, they cannot uh, protect themselves, right? That's why it's super important. And second thing is, uh, those fats are not just the building blocks. They are also signaling um, chemicals and have regulatory um, effects on the hormones, on mood, on so many levels and immune system. So when they are not there, nothing really functions anymore. Have you got anything you want to add to that, Lance? Yeah, uh, I mean, just kind of to echo what Timo said with those essential fatty acids uh, and you know, you said it correct, Timo, and like very well that, you know, those fats that are, you know, causing the inflammation, uh, the counter to that is fats that do do the counter. So, you know, the essential fatty acids, meaning essential that 
we, we as humans and, and uh, animals have to get them in their diet. So that's why they're called essential. And so getting them in the diet, it's going to do just that. It's going to support a healthy inflammatory response, support what the body naturally wants to do. You know, we need, and, and us humans and pets need inflammation in small amounts, of course, but we need to balance that to make sure that it doesn't get excessive because when it gets excessive, that's what then leads to, you know, gene activation in negative ways. And then it elicits all the different effects that we've been talking about. So again, it's just bringing things back in balance and going back to kind of what I said earlier, these fats are fundamental to the physiology of pets and humans that we have to get them in. And so when we do, the body will respond. Now, fats can take some time to actually elicit effects, but for some, it can be rather quick. So it really just depends on on your pet's uh, diet, their lifestyle, uh, what their genetics are. Uh, their environment, of course, uh, and then, you know, lastly, what they're eating and what they're getting in their diet. That's great. Thank you. Now, this is an important question from Lynn um, about how to break down and prevent bladder stones in the dog. Um, she's had a protocol that's worked for a number of years, but needs to look at it. All right. So this is actually a very, very good uh, question. And that's uh, also that applies to the cats. So stones in the um, in the body happen when minerals that have to be uh, uh, disposed of uh, do not getting disposed of properly and acids too in case of um, kidney and bladder this is mostly connected um, to the uric acid because cats and dogs are carnivores so they are eating a lot of protein they're utilizing protein as a, as a uh, source for energy and when you do that you, you you create nitrogen and the nitrogen is released and you have to get rid of the nitrogen so you create uric acid and urine and uh, to do that though those have to be bound to different um, uh, minerals and if this is not in balance then you will get those stones so not to have those stones you have to feed your cat and dog according to their own physiology so uh, one of the main things you have to do is they have to get their minerals in the form their body accepts, not just uh, in the form that uh, your pet food producer decided to put in. And uh, they have to get their fats and, um, and B12 uh, sources properly so that these things function properly and do not cause imbalance in the energy structure. And when the in, uh, energy structure is imbalanced, then most of the time, the mineral balance helps to keep the urine in a flat level at pH around 5. And then you avoid the stones. One of the other reasons is also, of course, uh, high phosphate, uh, phosphorus-based food. And that's also a big problem because for each um, unit of phosphorus, you need one unit of calcium to get rid of. And then you start to extract a lot of calcium from the body. And then other minerals jump in like magnesium, potassium, um, iron. And they start to connect together with phosphorus and other things. And then you start to get all these stones. So uh, long story short, you have to feed them the way they want to eat or their body wants to eat. And then it will function. And if you want to feed them the way you want and or your uh, food producer decides then things will happen. 
And this is why I love working so much with, um, you know, your products, Lance, all of your range of products, because the quality of what you're giving in supplements and food is so important. Now, Timo, in one of our Vibrant Animal Team videos, free on YouTube, we did a whole video on the dangers of synthetics. Um, And, um, you know, synthetic vitamins and minerals are not recognized by the body in the same way and can cause all sorts of problems. So using products and supplements, food and and supplements, which are 100% natural, is absolutely crucial to getting the results you want. So I wanted to have a quick word now, Lance. We've, We've spoken a lot about how essential the DHA is and the algae oil. Can you talk us through some of the quality issues? Because there's a lot of confusion out there for people, isn't there, about what they're looking for when they're buying a product? Yeah, absolutely, Catherine. So I'll kind of start at the the beginning of the story, but quickly get to you know the the, the juice of this. So you know a lot of people know uh, that fish oil or cod liver oil uh, has been or can be in some ways beneficial for pets, and they've given them to pets. But along with that is the major issue of the toxicity. So pesticides, um, the all the heavy metals, um, you know, mercury is particularly uh, one big issue, PCBs uh, in the water. Um, Timo and I were talking last time, particularly about farmed fish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, getting, if you're getting food where these fish are being farmed, the water is so contaminated with pesticides, you know, uh, different runoff. It depends where that facility is. Um, and just all these different neurotoxins that can get in that water. And then, of course, it's getting right into the fish. So then when that fish oil is extracted, those extraction processes are not only environmentally wasteful, and there's so much energy use that we can literally just bypass, uh, we, we then introduce those nauseous chemicals and those toxins into the oil, which then our pets consume. And so going to the, the, the base root of all this is, okay, these omega-3s and these fatty acids, where do they actually come from? They don't come from the fish. You know, we've been told that there's such a huge marketing campaign around the world of, you know, why fish oils can be beneficial, but it's not the fish oil. It's the algae that the fish eat, which then are incorporated into the fish. And then, you know, those oils are squeezed and pressed out and extracted through, you know, different methods. Um, again, we can just go to the source. So we can bypass all of the fish oil industry and just go to what the, the pets and us humans actually need, which is the algae that produces the DHA and the EPA and all, all these other fatty acids that we need, these essential fatty acids. And so what we've done, Catherine, is we're taking the algae... And then we are extracting these fatty acids through a water-based extraction. And this is very unique in the industry. Almost all other companies are using hexane as an extraction. Uh, And even algae oil products, they're using hexane. And so if you look at other companies for algae oil, a lot of them will have mixed in other plant oils. And then the DHA to EPA ratio actually gets thrown way off. And the reason that happens is because of that process to extract, uh, those ratios get messed up and thrown off. And so not only do we have this clean water-based extraction that's just producing this beautiful, amazing golden oil, we keep it in its natural ratio of DHA to EPA and, you know, the other fatty acids that are in there. So 
again, you want the clean, pure source. You want it to be extracted in a way that's clean. And then you want to make sure the, uh, the strain is not screwed up in a way where uh, the ratios are out of balance. Because this is sort of the whole point of what we've been talking about with the omega-3s and the fatty acids. You know, we need uh, the, the pets and, and us humans, we need omega-6s in, in some ways, but we also need the omega-3s. We need the balance. And so, again, if we can get the product that's in its natural uh, its natural balance, its natural ratio of these fatty acids, then we're going to give the body, both humans and pets, the best chance to actually feel the supportive health effects. Brilliant. That's great. Um, now, just a couple more questions. So brilliant, brilliant questions. We really appreciate that because everyone who's asking a question, everyone else is going to benefit from that. So thank you so much, Lance and Dr. Timo, for joining us. Let's start with you, Lance. If you've got anything else that you want to say before we close off today. Um, Yeah, just one last little thing. And it's, you know, I think most pets are getting some form of grounding or earthing. Uh, But, you know, there are pets, of course, that are just straight indoors. And kind of like we were talking about with the porch um, earlier and being outside, if you can, like even if you have an indoor animal, buy some sort of earthing mat or earthing sheet that you can plug into the outlet, the, the grounding part of it, to where then the, the, the pets can lay on that. Because we're naturally supposed to be connected to the earth, humans and animals, and getting those negative ions and those electrons in the body is so important for really everything that it's something that can be easily over missed. If you have indoor pets, um, you know, they need to be connected to the earth. So you can buy earthing sheets or grounding sheets and those can really help. And then of course, getting them outside as much as you can so that they can touch the earth with their, their paws. Uh, super important. Yeah. Also smell, for instance, horses. Uh, one of the main things that nobody really talks about is the main source of B12 for horses is smelling manure from other horses. It's like we, without them connected to the soil, they, they cannot get their nutrients, not just eating, I mean, just by breathing in. So that's that's really um, crucial. Absolutely crucial. And, that, and, and they get so much information from sniffing um, the feces, which will put them at ease because they're reading their whole environment for that as well. So it's like a... Uh, the best information booklet that they can be getting. Um, I would like to thank everyone who's contributed. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Lance. Thanks, Timo. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Timo. It was a pleasure. See you again. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible. And this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. 
all the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.